Indiana Runner Podcast Season 4, Episode 4. Scott Lidskin and I go around Week 1B, and then he talks about his top five teams on the boys' side and the girls' side right now, plus uh, Giannis on the Bulls and Dream Jobs. Let's hit it. All right. Week 1B is in the books. We are still waiting on INCC stats adjustments, so we're going with just some raw numbers here, dog. And uh, more typical August weather for the Midwest yesterday after a perfect weather to start week 1A. So a little little warmer, a little more humid, what you tend to expect, right, Scott, for Indiana at this time of the year? Yeah, I think you just called me dog, too. That was interesting. Why? You went to Butler. I guess that's true. I didn't, I didn't think that. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be hot for Indiana and we, we start racing pretty early compared to a lot of other States. It seems like They're racing mm. seriously. So um, yeah. So I expect that for a month. <laughs> and some schools have started seriously. Some schools are keeping, uh, keeping their boys and girls out maybe for another week or so. We'll get to that. Uh, especially as we talk through your top five teams or what you project right now. Uh, let's run through from around the state. These are the ones that uh, put the results online that we found when we made the rundown. The Brown County Harrier invite Northview girls 43 to 49 over Bloomington South. We talked last week about Bloomington South being a team that looked better than they would have projected early on. Uh, Avon Jr., Jessica Hegedus undefeated so far on the season. Two wins now. An impressive 1832. She won by 30 seconds over Ginnister Grant, who ran 1903, and Lily Myers of Bloomington South. Ginnister Grant goes to Northview. Lily Myers runs 1918. Both of them beat Hegedus last year at the state meet, and they were both all state. Yeah, I mean, again, you mentioned a moment ago, some teams, you know, wait a little bit. Uh, Hegedus has not been waiting. <laughs> She's had one of the you know, maybe then the most impressive runner in the state over the first two weekends on the girls' side. I mean, not the favorite. I, I know Cridge ran some crazy fast time, but um, two pretty good wins uh, first two weekends, making a statement. On the boys' side, Bloomington North boys dominate 36 points. Bloomington South boys, those two teams projected on INCC stats preseason as being almost dead even. Uh, Bloomington South Bloomington South with a 31-point gap there. They scored 67, but South's top two didn't run. If you throw them in there, they're probably both pretty close. Uh, I think those two teams might race each other a few times this year, so (laughs) we'll probably get a better idea. Northview boys had 80. Chase Austin wins on his home course. He goes to Brown County, 16-10. And then this may be the story of the weekend. Bloomington North freshman Jacob Mitchell second and 16 14 it's a fast course it hasn't rained so it can run really fast in those conditions but it was still warm he's still a freshman and it was still august 20th yeah and and certainly we don't want to put any you know massive amounts of pressure on this young man but you know over the last you probably know this better than i do i mean it just seems like it's been a decade maybe you know, Indiana high school boy superstar. Maybe, maybe he's the, he's the next one. Who knows? Uh, it's been about three years. 
three years? Three years since there was a freshman really high up the state meet. Oh no, I mean, I just mean like you know we've had Cole and we. I mean, you can go, you can trace superstar runners in Indiana oh. back to like Neferaya and you know. Right. I mean, it's oh, been, how long has it been since we haven't had one? Yeah. yeah right. Right. That's yeah, you I mean. cut out just a little bit there. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah, he's he's maybe. I mean, again, I don't want to put any pressure on him, but like, like we're waiting. Who's the next? The next great? You know, who knows? Maybe it'll be this guy. Uh, Jason Grant of Northview third, 16, 18. So three under 16, 20 early on, um, on a, on a humid, warm day. It was probably in the mid seventies when they started running those races, the NIC stop pin girls dominate 29 points, new Prairie senior Lillian Zalasco. She was all state last year. She had the top time in 1829. That's a really good time for this early on. Yeah, and she, she struggled like a little bit at the end of the track season, so it's neat to see her starting off real well. Yeah, and that's going to be a theme for some of the athletes we've seen here uh, starting in the first week, week 1A and week 1B. Um, we call it that because uh, INCC stats will just do week one for, for both of those things. It's been, they moved, it's been somewhat recently that they moved the participa participation date back a little bit. It used to be it started on like Monday or Tuesday. And now you can kind of do it on um, a little bit earlier. Uh, the On the boys' side, the Elkhart boys with an upset of Penn. Now, I've seen a couple different scores when I click on stuff. They had freshman, sophomore, and then junior, senior. And some of these, when they combine, I saw some different things. At one point, I saw a tie between the two teams. Um, and now I, I saw another one that this is what I think I'm going with. Elkhart, 49, Penn, 51. And then on the individual side, this uh, guy has had a great start to his season. Mishawaka sophomore Liam Bauschke uh, outdueled fellow sophomore Max Malloy. Max Malloy goes to Elkhart, 1624 to 1630. We don't, we're not super familiar with some of these courses. Now, Brown County, we are because um, of all the meets they host there. But um, we haven't seen the INCC stats adjustments, but remember, Bauschke uh, from Mishawaka broke 16 minutes last week on Laverne Gibson. I think this meet was held at Oxbow, if I saw it right, um, which is a, a longstanding course in northern Indiana. And it's a legit course. It's, it's, a, it's a good course. Uh, the Larry James invite up in the northwest. Morgan Township girls upset Chesterton 70 to 72. Chesterton, remember, was third last year at the state meet. Uh, some graduation hits, but but Chesterton, one of the great traditions in Indiana high school cross country, um, Warsaw 77. So Morgan Township 70, Chesterton 72, Warsaw 77. Warsaw junior Joey Rastrelli uh, is a one of the state's best runners. She blitzed the field in 1858. But you had uh, mentioned before this that there were four teams, two boys and two girls that you really wanted to highlight. And the Morgan Township girls were one of them. Yeah, I mean, it, Morgan Township is not a, a big school, um, but I guess we, were, you and I were talking about this before we came on the on the air here. Like having depth is so important, and they actually do have depth. They, they have a girl who didn't run for them in this meet that was like their fourth girl last year, um, and they had a couple of newcomers here. I mean, this Morgan Township team. Is, is going to be really interesting to watch among some of the more, you know, bigger schools and sort of the well, more well, well known, that's a weird way to say it, but some of the more powerhouse programs in the region. 
um, I, I was really impressed with uh, with their start, and and I'm I'm a fan. You know, last year it was it was Floyd Central. Maybe this year it's gonna be Morgan Township for me. On the boys' side, Chesterton boys dominate thirty-one points over Warsaw, who had fifty. Shane Conroy of Portage, he went to Portage last year. He's going to Portage this year. Um, was the winner in sixteen twenty. And Chesterton boys were one of your teams as well. And I remember right after the first week, I think we we uh, we texted about the Chesterton boys a little bit. So another team you've got your eye on. I like Chesterton boys a lot. Um, they have looks like they have four guys that are really strong up front. And uh, they had a meet last week where their fifth guy was was not super fast. And it's already that fifth guy down to 1735. As you said, it's warm. I mean, I, to drop a minute between now and the end of the year doesn't seem crazy to me for 5k for a boy and i mean you know if their fifth guy is running 1630 and and their their front four are 30 seconds 45 seconds faster than him chesterton i think is 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 an underrated team and it's kind of that time of year where it's fun right we the things we think we know we don't really know and chesterton i think is, is one of those teams that maybe is going to surprise me in that kind of same general vicinity, same corner of the state, at least the same semi-state, the Jack Bransford invite, this is at LaPorte. Ileana Christian girls defeat the LaPorte girls. Now LaPorte without their number one, or at least who we would project to be their number one, um, Lila Glissy, she scored in the 3,200 at the state meet, and we really like her potential this cross-country season. She didn't run, um, but Ileana Christian 44, LaPorte 46, uh, Laporte has two great front runners. The other is Brenna Sebecki. Uh, she was all state last year. She wins by over a minute in 1906 on what looks to be based on times, a pretty challenging course. Uh, Ileana Christian. There's another one I'm on board with, right? I mean, I, this is it. I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what that school means. I, is that a public school? Is that a private school? Are they on the, right on the border? It's like, I don't know what that it's is. It's got to be a private I, school if it's got the name Christian in it, right? I, I mean, guess. I it, better, it better be. I, I don't like it, it, it's, it's just kind of another neat little story here. They, is it a new, is it a newer school? I'd never heard of it until recently. So I don't know. I, if, they, yeah. They, I don't recall them being a school in, you know, back in the old days when I was coaching, especially like in the early 2000s. I know last year they were definitely their boys team was was a, was a decent team up there in the region, but this is a, an interesting team to watch too. Another team that's got like four real solid you know girls up front and 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 that fifth runner I know last week I think was a little further back and then already this week that fifth runner was better. So I, the, that's I, I'm really interested in those three teams in the region: Chesterton boys, Ileana Christian girls, and Morgan Township girls. Well, you've got your teams. I've got mine. Here's one of mine. The Lake Central boys win with 28 points over LaPorte. LaPorte boys, like their counterparts, ran without their projected number one. But Lake Central boys won 28 to 57. So that number one runner is not erasing a 30-point gap. I can tell you that. Uh, Braden Sebecki of LaPorte makes it a family sweep. He won by just over two seconds in 1628. And then there was a whole host of LC boys after, after that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, like, what do you like about them? Just the, the, the pack running style or. Yes. And I like that, um, you know, they were projected seventh coming in. It, it definitely does not look like they're going to be seventh in the, in the semi-state. 
No, they've kind of made it made that as a, I don't know if it's just the way it is with the talent level, but they've kind of been a pack running team now for years. The girls have too. Um, and uh, you know me, I love that style of running. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. They, I'm not their practices, obviously. They just, just looking at the results, looking at where they are versus where they would have been projected. They just look tougher. They just look tougher. They must be doing something to make themselves tougher. Yeah. And I mean, in a, in a semi-state that, you know, isn't quite as deep as let's say like the Shelbyville semi-state that pack running can be more effective, that, you know, the, the, the depth can be more effective. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think they look good. This next one had the, um, the highest number of top teams in the state, the John Cleland invite hosted by Zionsville at Northview church, which is where the flash rock invitational is and where the Carmel semi-state used to be, but it was a 4,000 meter race. Um, so let's get through kind of what happened at the meet and then how, you know, how do, how do we weigh that if it's a 4,000 meter race versus these other ones that are 5,000 versus, you know, like a Hokum or whatever. So Noblesville girls dominant 34 points. They run a frosh saw, they run a junior senior. And then the scores that I'm presenting were uh, a collection of those two races. HSC, a surprise second with 62, a slightly short shorthanded Carmel team, 67. So Noblesville, 34, HSC, 62, Carmel, 67. We'll both, we'll see all three of those teams next week, and we'll have a preview podcast for the Hamilton County meet um, on this feed. Maggie Powers of Hamilton Southeastern, I think she was all state last year. If not, she was certainly very high up. She basically outleaned Noblesville's Nadia Perez, 1449 to 1450. That pace for 4K is just over 1830 for a full 5K. So that's not a conversion. That's just if you extrapolate that out for another thousand meters, which isn't outrageous to think that what you ran, what an athlete ran here the next week when they get on that Noblesville course that they might just be able to keep that same pace up because Northview is a, a more challenging course. That's an interesting way to look at it. I, I guess I never thought about that. I, may, I think you're making it sound easier than it is, but I, I do see your point. Um, it's a Phil Jackson style of coaching. Yeah, it's very optimistic. Um, I, uh, more importantly, I, 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 wow, HSC, right? I mean, I mean that, that, the girls team, so came out of nowhere at the end of the year last year at the state meet. I shouldn't say out of nowhere, but there was a surprise finish and they right. just picked up right where they left off. <laughs> yeah. A lot of uh, sophomores and juniors, I believe, for HSE, the boys and the girls. Um, Noblesville freshman Ansley Applegate wins the Frosh Soft in 15-24. That's 19-15 5K pace. And she led a one through three sweep by Noblesville in that race. So Noblesville just 34 points when they've got Nadia Perez up front in the junior senior, and then their three freshmen at the front of this fresh soft race. Um, well, you know, let's, let's just put a pin in that and take a look at what the times are like next week, because all of these teams are going to run on that Noblesville course. And I, I, I think based on the weather forecast, um, I actually think that a lot of those teams could, a lot of those athletes could, could maintain that pace on an easier course for another thousand meters. Well, I'll just say this. Noblesville is really good. They're really deep. And uh, for, I think if I'm saying this right, I think for all our fans out there, um, only Carmel and Westfield girls have ever 
won the Hamilton County meet in the history of the Hamilton County. Meet. Is that true? So, yeah. So it would be very interesting if Noblesville were able to pull that out. Uh, it certainly looks like that's the most likely outcome at this point. Yeah. And stay tuned for later in the week when we do our Hamilton County Championship Preview Podcast. Me and Andy Kellen. Uh, Zionsville boys, they were missing one key runner uh, who made it last year to the state meet in the 1600 and ran on their four by eight. Uh, they scored just 31 points, Hamilton Southeastern 59 and a shorthanded Carmel shot out 91 in the combined scoring. Nasty Nate Killeen wins in 1230. It was pretty warm by these junior senior races too, because there was a, a one hour um, weather delay for some lightning in the area. Oh. It, didn't, it didn't even rain there. It was just, hey, we, we picked it up on the tracker. So uh, oh. go sit in your tent. Till we're ready to go so it, it did get pretty warm for that junior senior it was the conditions were were substantially better for the frost soft races uh nate's time 12 30 15 38 pace for 5k and then zionsville's matt helton in 12 40 that's 15 50 pace for 5,000 meters in the frost soft race shout out carmel sophomore jack capes uh with a 22nd victory 12 44 and that's 15.55 pace for 5K. So those were the top three in the overall, but they were separate races. What do yeah, you make of a probably 4K? Good. Well, I, I'll say this, and I think this is what you were alluding to a moment ago. That course is a difficult course, um, especially in the heat. There's no shade. Um, it is hilly. I think people tend to forget that because fast times get thrown up at Flash Rock. Um, so maybe well, in, more in one year flash rock what two years ago and it was the year that i think it was varsity only and you could run 10 and then that was it like yeah and no no spectators even because it was the it was the covid year it was like 45 degrees when they mm -hmm. and it hadn't rained for a couple of weeks so it did run fast on a couple of occasions last year it was really warm and the times were not incredibly um incredibly impressive well those three front running boys were but True. Um, yeah. True. But the, yeah. But uh, yeah. So I, 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 I guess it's, I, I don't just personal opinion. I'm not sure I would, I prefer the 4k idea here at the beginning of the season for teams to do that, but I think it's close enough to 5k. I mean, if we, if we put all these teams on a track and ran a 3,200, I think we'd still know which the really good teams are. I mean, so I think right. 4k, I think gives us enough info to say, yeah, these, this team's legit. So I, this, this may be more coaching corner than our kind of weekly roundup. I like the idea of a 4K for a lot of the kids. And I coach it at school with a lot of kids on the team that a 4K is really good for a lot of them. But for older established varsity kids, I, I don't value it as much, which you could see by our lineup. You know? I like the relay idea a little bit better just because it's so different and, and kids tend to really love it. And it's really a work, a harder workout. The 4K, I mean, you might, these kids are racing 5K. Let's, you might, might as well make them used to it. I mean, it's, I don't want them to, I don't want to tease them with a 4K or 3K. Now, I just, I don't mind a time trial of 3K or 3,200, they're, especially for freshmen. They're used to 3K. You come in, you do something early August, 3K or two miles, then you do a 4K, then you do a 5K. It's kind of stepping stones for, but, you know, our podcast, we cover 
the best kids. Yeah. Well, the, you know, the, the three boys from Burbuff, three of the top 10 distance runners in the state, they probably don't really need a 4k to get ready. Right. For it. The boys from center Grove, they don't need a 4k. You know, uh, I've told some of the parents on our team, like, I kind of see it like preseason football. There's a, they keep a score. Some of the people we like to see, even if it's one of our better guys, if it's a freshman or a sophomore, we might want to see them over 4,000 meters. But, you know, for all those years, Brett Favre and Peyton Manning didn't play in the preseason. Yeah, so I guess it's like a scrimmage. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, Circle City Conference. I thought about making this the featured meet. I went with something else, uh, mainly because we're going to feature Indianapolis stuff a lot over the course of the season, including next week with a preview podcast and then and then our weekly recap. The Chatard girls win a close one. Chatard 45, Burbuff 48, Garen 50. I don't know that any of them are going to make the state meet, but they could kind of be in the mix, and they're also going to be fighting each other to make it out of the regional. And that was my first thought when I saw that result. Is uh, Last year, the Noblesville Girls Regional for whatever reason, wasn't quite as good as it had been the last 10 years, but I think it's back. <laughs> yeah. And um, I saw not until we'd already written the roundup outline, but Cathedral beat Westfield. Now this is a hokum. So the scoring is kind of strange and one of Westfield's number one girl didn't run, but Cathedral may be in that mix. So if we consider in that regional that Noblesville, Carmel, I'm um, missing one other team. From Westfield's in there, but there's one other kind of lock to make it out of that. North region, Central. Right? North Central, yes. So if those four are very likely to make it out between Chatard, Burbuff, Garen, and Cathedral. One of them's going to make it out, and the other three are going to be out. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you had Park Tudor, I think, ranked 27th in your preseason mm -hmm. state poll as well, and I, I don't, I don't. I, you know me, I'm not a big fan of locks. So, I mean, obviously I think Carmel and Noblesville are likely to advance, but Very I think that's going to wind up being a wide open race come October. Lily Cridge with a huge opener, 17-11. And then her freshman teammate, Julia Score, was yeah. second in 18-29. Cridge, the obvious favorite here. Score could be in the top. 10 or 15 at the state meeting. I mean, this, this Garen course is a fast course, but again, conditions weren't optimal for, um, for running a fast 5,000 meter race. Uh, and, you know, Garen star Bridget Gallagher was third in 1850. Gallagher was 13th at the state meet as a sophomore and score beat her by 21 seconds here on her home course. So Burbuff's going to have a Burbuff's going to kind of be like Park Tudor. They're going to have a big front running advantage. Yeah, Chatard and Chatard. Yeah, I, I, sorry, Chatard, not Burbuff. Yeah, yes. go to that regional again. I mean, you know, having front running at that regional is so important. I mean, you know, fifteenth place girl there. They're an interesting team. All of a sudden. Uh, I, I mistakenly called Chatard girls Burbuff, and it's because on the boys' side, Burbuff boys went easily, one through three sweep, 35 to 53 over Garen. 
uh, Cameron Todd, 1607, Ezra Burrell, 1608, Mateo Rocio, 1609. Uh, all have been in the top 30 before at the state meet. I believe they were all in the top 30 or close to it last year. They led Burbuff to the state championship. It was one of the 10 best teams in the country when healthy, which they had a, about a two-week window in the Indiana season, and then they extended it through to December. Um, Burbuff, we'll talk about your top five teams later after the break. Um, they're, they're probably in there. I think you've mentioned to me that you're a little higher than you think the consensus would be on Burbuff, um, especially with those top three and the security of those top three. It's not necessarily that they can, that they've got potential to finish in the top 10, like say Center Grove or Carmel might have three guys who could potentially, that's their ceiling finish in the top 10. Those boys are more established and it seems likely that they'll all finish in the top 10. Um, if they make their way through the season, you know, with full availability. But for Buff, got a great performance from freshman Malachi Lesnet, 17-20. That combined with the sub-17 from their uh, projected number four, you're probably feeling pretty good about for Buff's chances here now. Yeah, I'll, we'll save talk about them till afterward, but I, I think people are, are sleeping on them a little bit. Featured meet, and we got seven minutes and 22 seconds to get through this. Homestead girls at the Huntington invite 48 points for the Spartans, the Concordia girls with a new front runner, 72 points shorthanded Carroll girls, 94 Northridge, 109 East Noble, 122. Those are potentially five of the six teams that are going to advance out of the New Haven semi-state uh, Homestead junior Addison Canabla wins in 1813 over her fellow Addison team Addison over here. Addison Lindsay of East Noble, 1837. Those are certainly two of the 25 best runners, uh, girls in the state. What do you make of Canablo starting her season 1813? I think she's quite a good runner. Um, confirmed. Yeah. I, I, you know, we, people may have forgotten how good she is. Um, not me. You, yeah. I mean, I don't, didn't, didn't she win like some pretty big indoor race, uh, like the, uh, indoor state meet and, mm -hmm. Beat Addie Wiley, I think, and an all-time state record indoors. Yeah, uh, she's she's look. I mean, Lily Cridge is is, is you know the, the the top front running girl in the state, no question about that. Canablo is really really good, and and I had questions. I had questions though until until Saturday. You mean based on the fact that she? I just I just thought there was based on the last track season. I just thought that maybe there was more of a chance that that somebody could come in and, and challenge her. I think oh, you're talking about Cridge. Okay, yeah. Cridge. Okay. I, think there's, I think there's still a chance, but I, I'm, I'm certainly not as high on that as I would have been a, a few weeks ago. I mean, seven, Before the 17-11? Yeah. Yeah, but Canablo is really 13 is an insane time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, she's definitely, I mean, I, and, I mean, unless you think I'm crazy, I mean, I, I think she's one of the top five runners in the state of Indiana, period. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, she's so, one of the top. 25 in the country i bet yeah i mean you just, you just hope you still stay healthy and, and we get a chance to watch her run on the boys side we'll we'll talk about this after the break here uh this is one of your teams but we'll probably get to it a little more and, and especially because we're running out of time on this one we're gonna have to switch switch meetings here um hopefully no executive from zoom listens to our how we exploit these loopholes um the noblesville boys slay the field can say slay now so i'm trying to tap into the uh 15 to 20 demographic, 19 <laughs> points for Noblesville. North Ridge, who came in pretty close, 
to Noblesville in the preseason projections, 83. So that's not all that close. Fort Wayne Concordia, 144. Fort Wayne Homestead, 172. Fort Wayne Carroll, 176. And Leo, also 176. So anything you got to you got a two two minutes on Noblesville here, and then we'll maybe hit them back after the break. Yeah, I just wonder, right? Like, were they just uh, sitting at, at practice all summer long or early those couple of weeks, knowing just how good they are and <laughs> chomping at the bit to get out there and race to show the Indiana cross country world how good they were or how good they are? Um, yeah, they're they're really that was a really impressive start. Um, I, I, they're difficult to to rank, I guess, in a sense, right now, just because. They've had one meet, and I don't think anybody thought they'd be quite that good. But I've never been to the Huntington course, but from the pictures I've seen of it, it looks like real cross country. I mean, you know, like looks like it's not just a a time trial kind of course. So, um, and that's where the the New Haven semi state has been the last couple of years, and I'm not sure that it's it's turned out any insane times. Yeah, yeah. So I'm 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 I was really impressed with that, and and. You know, I think the other thing that I'm really impressed with is, okay, they, they ran fast. They got a front three, went one, two, three, but this is a team that is deep. I mean, I, they have a number mm-hmm. of good runners, number of guys that broke 445 in track. Um, I like depth and, and they have, they have depth and front running and, and the tight knit group in terms of their one through five compression. This is an interesting team. How, you know, how good are they? We'll know a lot more after next week. Yeah. Um, we'll even probably know, I mean, this is the day and age we live in that you look at the times you look at how they ran but you know once once we see what the adjustments are someone has you know once once we get the full math on that to figure out um you know was it a team rating at 250 and maybe the other team's just not as good as projected um or is their team rating 120 and we're looking at a, a team that we didn't figure would be into the podium discussion this year that may actually be a real a real contender, and we can unpack some of that after the break. State championship winning coach Scott Litzkin shares his perspective on what it takes to achieve excellence in high school cross country. While addressing the mental and physical elements of distance running, Scott provides details about how to create successful teams. Additionally, he addresses how he overcomes pitfalls to achieve the peak of success as a high school cross country coach. His teams have won four Indiana State Championships and have competed at the Nike National Cross Country Championships three times. The book is only available on Amazon. Search for Scott Lidskin. And we're back. All right. I'm going to go through. We're going to play a game called It's Just One Week, But. Now, it's actually been two weeks. Well, it's been one week and one day because we've had eight days for potential competition. So, the first week is week 1A, the second week is week 1B, and then from that point forward, we just go week two, week three, week four, and so on and so forth. Okay. That's because you live in the INCC stats calendar world. I do. You should join. That's okay. Me. I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, okay. I'm going to throw I'm gonna throw some what the kids call hot takes at you. All right. Let's do it. And we'll go. We can, we can talk about it. Ready? I'm taking okay. it. It's just one week, but... Hamilton Southeastern girls will finish on the podium at the state meet again. Yeah. So you asked me, and I don't know if this is cutting into that, the top five team, my top five teams. And I always confuse 
I'm confused about when you do rankings, not you, I mean, anybody, are we talking about current right this moment rankings or potential, you know, at the state meet rankings. So I have HSC girls fifth on my rankings right now. So okay. I think that answers your, my, your, that's my answer to your question. So just one week, but you are buying that. Buying it. All right. Some of these takes are getting, they're getting, they're getting hotter as we go on. I'm feeling it. Uh, this may be the hottest of the takes though. It's just one week, but Noblesville boys will contend for the state championship. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Get out um, your fire extinguishers. Yeah, uh, they're very, very good. Uh, and I don't want to, uh, you know, I, I live in an undisclosed location in Noblesville. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay, you're disclosing a lot there. I know, that's why. Yeah. So, um, so I am, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Noblesville team, um, but there's, they're going to have to show that a little bit more clearly against Carmel and Center Grove, um, which they very well might, might do. Um, but we got to, we got to slow down on contender talk really for almost everybody in August. Now I know that that's, you know, we're doing a podcast. We want to, stir interest in indiana high school cross country i get that uh but it is august it is early it is hot it is we who who knows who hasn't had 10 practices or who's been injured or whatnot state contender i'm not ready to go there yet okay let's go let's go half step back from that then at the beginning of the season we being indiana runner said that there were six state title contenders on the boys side since we've said that, you said that. Well, the committee of one. <laughs> we, we both work for the same LLC. I'm here. sorry, I, yeah, I threw you under the bus. Um, we've gotten some new information that makes us believe that uh, there may there may be six title contenders, but some of them are much more serious than others. Right? All pigs yeah. are equal, but some are more equal than others. You're okay. English teacher. This is a very strange way to look at this but right now i would love to see noblesville versus brabuff because i when think are Brebuff, we see that we i think Brebuff it is it might not be till yeah the flash round and who um, knows what what the hcc the yeah. next week who knows what different teams that, are gonna do. yeah but because I, I think Brebuff is a fringe contending team I hate that word, fringe, whatever that means. But um, is Noblesville as good as Brebuff? That would tell me a lot. Obviously, it'll tell us a lot if they're right there with Carmel at the Hamilton County meet next weekend. But even still, I, you know, it's such a small meet. Scores tend to be, you know, closer than what they probably really are um, in a bigger meet. That's setting. why we have INCC sets to tell us what yeah, could have happened in a large meet. Yeah, that's a good point. That's so good point. here's what I'm getting at with that. Fishers was one of the six teams that we um, had projected as being a potential state team title contender. Do you do you think that Noblesville will be better than Fishers at the state meet? Well, on the boys side, based I, on what we I think a better. Teams? I mean, I, I I respect that question, but since they're going to face off against each other next Saturday, let's ask that question: Is Noblesville going to be better than Fishers next Saturday? Do you project um, to, them to be better next Saturday? I think it's real close. Uh, that's a terrible answer. Um, 
I, yeah, I think they could beat Fishers next Saturday. I, I don't know that they will, but they certainly could. The fourth of these, uh, it's just one week, but statements kind of steps on the Noblesville one too. All right, it's just one week, but, and I, I saved this one for when I knew you were going to be on. You ready? It's just one yes. week, but this is your, your semi-state as we split them up. Okay. Just one week, but the Lake Central boys and the Warsaw boys are a lock to make the state meet. Yeah, I hate locks. You know that. Right, um, that's why I asked you, yeah. Yeah, I, I think they probably will, but uh, I, I like both those teams, but I, I like Chesterton more. They get, you get six, though. You don't get six locks, but you get six. So we, let's let's go through New Prairie real quick because that's. Well, your... I don't mean I don't mean that. Like I think they'll all make it, but I, I right. just think I think Chesterton's. I think Chesterton could win that semester. So Valpo, Chesterton, Lake Central, Warsaw. You're not you're not willing to declare all four of them locks. You're you're not, on this one. You're I'm saying not calling, that's just I'm not one calling week. anybody a lock. Well, Valpo's a lock. Probably, but you know, what if what if you know they get an injury that to their top runner? I mean, I'm not trying to like jinx them or anything like that. I mean, they're, they're, I think they're still. I think I think there's still a lock if that happens. I don't know. I think that uh, would be you, you know that for me you, would be the definition of a lock. Let's say you could a lock would be we could lose anybody on the roster one because that could happen. And if you say like all of them get hurt, well then no, of course there's no locks, but like. You, we can absorb the loss of any single person on our roster and that this would still be the outcome. That's, if, what, that's what I would consider to be a lock. If, if these teams are a lock, and this may be a weird way to, to say this, but if those teams are a lock, it's because of the, the lack of depth in that semi-state more so than that those teams are so superior right. um, that, yeah, across that the sense. state. Right. But, and so, but for two of those, for, for LC and for Warsaw, it's also because they're so much better than they projected. Yeah. And, and I mean, they didn't and, you know, project you, as locks. And, and, you know, you didn't mention Laporte in there, which is, you know, another team that's definitely in that mix. But right. you know, it does well, seem certainly like Central's ahead of Laporte right now. Right. And, and, and there's kind of, at least right now, a bit of a drop, you know, to that next best team after that, the Crown Point. And, you know, I don't know. But um, no, I'm not going to say a lot. But, because but, that, here's what makes me think that is that LC has, and again, it's early, it's August, whatever, it's hot, but like LC has beaten Laporte and Crown Point, who are two teams projected to get out very handily these first couple of weeks. I, I think, think they all, were, all, all these teams, I think those themselves. are the six. I think we've named six teams, yeah. right? And right. I think those are the most likely six. Mm -hmm. Lock, there's just too much time left to go. Plus, we got to keep our viewers interested. Yeah, I'm sure we, we'd hate we'd hate for all 400 listeners to hear that uh, Lake Central boys are going to make the state meet and just, well, unsubscribe from that one. I, I, I'm, I'm envisioning more like maybe 12 or 1300 listeners yeah, why, to why, this yeah, why, podcast. Why stop, yeah, why stop there? Well, uh, the, the top 50 preview has just eclipsed and become the fourth most listened to podcast of all time in Indiana Runner history. And it's, it's very rapidly closing in on number three, which will give Taylor Marshall gold, silver, and bronze in our podcast history. 
I think at some point this week, it's possible that all of my classes that I teach, one of the assignments that they have will be to listen to this podcast. And that'll get me another 120 or whatever. So. On various platforms. Yes. You do Spotify and Apple, it doubles the number. And we might do like an analysis of this podcast as you know, a writing assignment as well. Yes. Well, I, I'm, I tend to be very verbose. So you got to throw your uh, vocab words in there. Okay. Ready? Last one. It's just one week, but... And I know this is different from what I said earlier, but this is, you know, we're just, these are hot takes. We're throwing stuff out there, seeing what sticks. Yep. We're not yelling like Stephen A. Smith yet. It's just one week, but the boys and girls team races are both down to two teams. Whew. Yeah. So four minutes ago, you asked me if Noblesville is a contender. Correct. These are, yes, these are, these are, they're, they're mutually exclusive. Some of them. Um, yeah, no, I don't think we're down to that. No, I, I, I think it would be foolish to consider a team like the Carmel girls, uh, out of the equation completely. I mean, you got 6,000 runners on their team. Who knows what they might be able to pull out in the upcoming weeks. Um, I'm assuming you mean Columbus North and Noblesville on the girls side of the two. Well, um, you know, if you have to ask, then the answer is no. Right. Okay. So if you have to ask who are the teams, then it's certainly no. Yeah. I, I think that, yeah, I think it's too early for that. I, I like Burbuff boys. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to stop it too. Okay. Well, that is a perfect segue here into your big thing week in, week out, or whenever we, you come on, you know, every other week, top five teams run us down. So it's a girl's first year. You want to go five to one? Five to one sure. makes more sense than one to five, right? Yeah. All right. Who are your Keep top five spin. girls teams? Who's your podium right now? Well, I think I mentioned a bit ago, I have HSE at number five, Hamlet Southeastern. Um, and I, I do think that that's not the sixth and seventh best teams, let's say a North Central or, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to go further down the list than that, but like Hamilton Southeastern is not like, oh my gosh, you know, a, a podium lock by any stretch. Let's put it that way. But they're really good. But they were, and, oh my gosh, better than North Central yesterday. Yeah. It's over yeah. 4,000 meters. But, yep. And North Central was really good the week before. So are you saying North Central is like your six or seven? Yeah, yeah. But and my point is, I, I'm not sure that come October, mid, late October, that there's a, a big difference between Southeastern and North Central. We'll see. I have HSC fifth. Um, I have Carmel fourth. Um, I just I feel like there's just too much uh, tradition and, and depth to to not have them in, in within shouting distance of the top three teams at this point. Shout out, um, by the way, I'm contractually obligated to say shout out when someone mentions Carmel. All right, I uh, I'm not sold that this is one of the better Carmel teams of the last you know let's say decade, but I, I think that there's still there's still talent there. There's still depth there. There's good coaching. There's yeah. I, I have them fourth. I think the advanced stats would back up everything you say. That's, I think that's the extent of what I'll say on that. Um, third, I have Homestead. Um, you know, it's funny. I was remembering about a year ago, you and I did a podcast and Homestead had four, like really, really good runners. And their fifth was way back. And you and I mentioned like, wait, watch this team later on this season. And um, I mean, what they were they they just missed the, the podium last year. They tied or something. Yeah, I think one. I think they were one back of Noblesville. 
Um, so they clearly, the, the one thing that they lacked last year was depth. And, and they looked deep at that meet at Huntington. I mean, I, I think they had seven girls under 20, 30. They've got a top five kid up front. They're second row. They, they look really good right now. Coach Wiss is a really good coach. They've, I mean, they have a state meet experience. I like Homestead a lot. Um, and, and is this maybe also a bit of a changing of the guard in, in that semi-state? Um, it's been Carroll kind of running the show, right, for like a decade. Yeah, so last year, Homestead's undoing was that they had, like you said, four really good ones. And then they went way far back for a fifth. And then, yes, they had five under 20, 30, and seven under 21 minutes, including three freshmen in that seven. Right. So, you know, what's the improvement like curve like for freshmen that are kind of figuring it out? And with a coach who's, who's you know, had so much experience guiding you know, teams to the state meet. And, and, and even like last year, I think, did they tie at the semi-state with Carroll, I think? Um, yeah, I think that's right. And Carroll won on six. I mean, this is a team that's got motivation. You know, they, they just missed the podium. They just missed winning the semi-state. They got a great front runner. I feel like they've got kind of the intangibles that, that and are not, interesting. Yes, not just having a front runner, but having one with the general perspective and competitiveness that Addison Canablo has is a pretty big advantage. Trickle down too, yeah. It's yes, the 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 way that she approaches it, being her teammate, her intensity, it's 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 an advantage more than any kind of the 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 numbers of the analytics would would suggest. I love it. You're going anti-analytics for the once in a No, I'm not going anti-analytics. I'm just I I I know I, enough to know that it, it's it's like having, yeah, yeah I'm gonna leave it. I was gonna say it's like having Coleman T safety. No one wants to hear me talk about my own team. <laughs> All right. So I have um I have Noblesville second. Um, but there's an awful lot to like about that team. And I can't I, I I'm sorry if it's a broken record here, but but the depth is really what stands out. They have a lot of good runners on that team. And see, it, it allows you to do things that, that a lot of times maybe coaches and, and spectators or fans don't understand or don't appreciate, I should say don't understand, don't appreciate about our sport. It allows you to train harder. It allows you to um, race either more frequently or less frequently, depending on what you feel like is best for your team. Um, it'll, it allows you to have competitive practices, um, where they, you know, they, there's, there's not a, a set pecking order where athletes can be comfortable. Um, it's just a no, I mean, I could go, you know, I could list 10 things that having a team with that many good runners, it's, it's a real advantage. And so I, I hope that they'll utilize that this year. Cause if they do, um, there's going to be a lot of really interesting stats <laughs> for some, in some meets from them. And a lot of like every grade level represented yeah and then some siblings on the team yes i think there's like you said there's there's a lot to like about noblesville yeah and it's and as as awesome as it is to be that deep it is also very challenging for a coach to, to sort of you know maneuver and 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 keep everybody um motivated and and, and positive well, and upbeat yes i think it you and I have both been in this situation at times, right? One of us is, is currently in this situation that it's great to be competitive 
and you know makes your practices more competitive and but also at some point some of those kids aren't aren't going to run and yeah. you know that's not necessarily great for team rapport that yeah. it's it, you get to a certain time in the season and it's a zero sum game that yeah. well I'm happy that I'm happy that she's running well or I'm I'm happy for him that he's doing so well but that also means that I don't get to run in the state meet and I may have run in the state meet last year because yep. we're bringing in new kids or you know a freshman went from whatever he did to or whatever she did to way faster this year that 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 is that's a, that's an extra challenge for for Aaron for Aaron Becker the the coach there um it's a good for problem sure. to have but it's it's tough yeah and the great news for, for the teams that are like that though is that so many of these early season and even mid-season meets allow eight or 10 or 12 kids to run varsity well that's um, that's I mean that's part of your legacy right you were the guy that in, that initially suggested that for the Hamilton County meet that it's crazy to think to look back and think 10 years ago at the first meet we were supposed to pick our seven best kids and yeah. this and then we'd run these races with like 56 kids yeah in there that's what's like, crazy, what, were we, right? what were we thinking well and then and then like 450 in the JV race right you know, like right. You know, just it was yeah. mindless 12 makes so, sense. yeah yeah if I if, if I have if I have left any legacy in in the statewide uh that would be I, i'd be proud of that one i think that everybody wins I, I think in that scenario maybe the small schools would disagree but but anyway but you don't uh, have, have to school. run 12 right right we were over this one time when when we were suggesting in our conference meet that you run 12 and people are saying you know we don't have it or whatever well then don't yeah well we don't want our 10th best kid in the in the varsity we'll go ahead and put him in the jv you don't have to I could see a scenario where you allow the 12 or 10 to run varsity, but you have to declare which seven would be your scoring seven. I could see that as being a more fair scenario to the smaller schools. Yeah. Like what are the odds that it comes down to whatever? I agree. I agree. Right. You know? Um, So anyway, we got off track there. So number one, Floyd central. (laughs) No, and I I, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm still, I shouldn't even ask this. They're the Highlanders, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> Just look still, behind you, all the posters. Yeah, I'm still a Highlanders fan. Um, but I just want to add Ileana Christian and Morgan Township to my to my group this year. Um, no, I have Columbus North girls number one. And, uh, you know, until, until we see otherwise, um, they're probably going to stay up there for a while. I think it's going to be hard to beat Columbus North. I, I agree. I think it's going to be hard to beat them. Noblesville has the um, some of the tools, I think, the resources that it would take to do it. Um, they they probably need some of those top running kids that they have to to maybe take another jump into the top 15, 10 runners in the state, which is certainly doable. But but Columbus North is definitely the, the favorite. Do you remember the year? It was in the middle of that run where Carmel won maybe more toward the end of the run where Carmel girls had won seven years in a row. Yeah. And coming into the season, kind of the not trendier pick than like college football or whatever, but like it looked like the Avon girls maybe could challenge and they had some stars and they had a lot of track success and the Penn girls and Josh Fletcher was a coach at Penn. And it was kind of like, wow, here are two teams that could really challenge this Carmel team that hadn't been challenged for a while. Yeah, that to me, it, Noblesville feels like Avon, 
and Columbus North feels like Carmel. That Columbus North is the established. They won the last year. They've been really good the last couple of years. They're kind of the the established tradition right now. Just just in the the, the yeah. microcycle of like two or three years in Indiana High School. That I I feel like Noblesville could win, but I feel like once we get to October, it'll be like, oh yeah, this was this. How did we not see this coming? This was obvious. Yeah, and it's an interesting comparison. I think you're talking about 2014. Yes. Um, Avon was was real good. But, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I, next Saturday may tell us a little bit more. You know, I, I'm going to look forward to listening to your pre-Hamilton uh, County podcast. Andy Cowan and I, Wednesday night, we're going to go over the Hamilton County, and hopefully at that point, INCC Stats is updated. That would give us, you know, we've got a pretty good idea, but at least – going through and seeing um seeing what some of the what some of the adjustments are like from from around the state that um you know i could do some of that but once it gets to 4k to 5k that's that's pretty tough yep uh all right let's switch to the boys okay this was much tougher i thought um especially for this fifth spot there were i mean there could have been four or five teams that i kind of played around with in my mind for this fifth spot. And uh, part of it, I think is because so like you just mentioned, so many teams have not run a full 5k, at least results that I have seen. So I have Columbus North boys fifth, um, which I don't know. You know, I, I know I look, I, I'll, I'll throw this out right now. I don't even have Noblesville in my top five. So, you know, Noblesville has clearly run the 5k distance, run on a legitimate course and look pretty darn good. Um, so I, but I have Columbus North fifth. I, I just think the tradition coach Weinheimer being back there in, in some capacity, um, uh, they're just tough. I think you used that word earlier today with one of the, uh, Lake central team. I think they, Columbus North is just tough, right? I mean, can't knock them out of there in my opinion. Uh, not yet. I like them a little so, higher actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and this is where, like I said, where things get kind of tricky because I, I don't I don't have Fishers in my top right now and Fishers is very 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 good would you say um, you're basing this more off of right now if yes. all of these teams went to Northview or Laverne and race each other right now or are you basing it off of what you project into October on the state meet course yeah that's a great question and I I, I guess if I'm answering honestly, I think it's sort of maybe a mixture of that, which is not okay. cool. Um, but because um, I think right now, based on you know, and who knows exact exactly what goes into one single time. Right now, Fisher's just INCC stats hasn't sent their stuff out, so yeah. you know this may seem foolish if they up, if if it updates in the next twelve hours. Um, looking at Fisher's times from that meet. At Brownsburg and knowing what the Brownsburg course is like, it doesn't seem like they're one of the five best teams right now. But we're also giving some of the teams that haven't run their top guys at all, we're giving them a pass. Yeah. I don't know how fair, fair that is either. Yeah. But the odds of Fishers being one of the five best teams, given their returners, given their top two boys and their coaching and their history of success, the odds of be, them being one of the top five teams at the state meet are higher than them being one of the five best teams right now. I'm going to, I'm going to leave it. I'll, I'll say it this way. The next time you have me on, you may never have me on again. I don't know, but the next time you have me on, that's, 
it's just so early right now. I like to rank based on what we see right now. Um, right. But, but it's so early, we've not seen enough to do that yet. So I'm kind right. of doing a mixed bag, which is- Well, and it's not, also tough because we haven't, the top two teams we haven't seen yeah, full. anything potentially, I mean. Yeah, so, so that's why I, I do have Zionsville at number four. They were so, they looked solid yesterday. Yeah, and and I think you mentioned they also didn't have one of their, their top guys potentially running mm-hmm. either. So, um, is there that big a difference between Zionsville and Fishers? Not, you know, come October, it's probably going to be pretty close. Um, right now, just but, just the raw times yesterday, Zionsville was better, I believe, and, and on a much tougher course. And that's yeah, that's not even factoring in that Brownsburg is an easier course. Now, Zionsville would have had a higher level of competition because there were more. Yeah. teams at that invitational than they're worth the Brownsburg one, which is essentially like a three or four way me. Yeah. I think the way I'm looking at it is four through eight or nine is probably somewhat interchangeable eventually. If everybody runs as well as we think they can. Run. Um, I so do. Would you say the third. top three are a tier? I do. I do think that. Yeah. And, and I think some people would disagree with me on that. I, I, I still think Brebuff being the defending champs, as well coached as they are, as confident as they have to be in their long term, long range um, potential. You know, I mean, the, the 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 way they've improved at the end of season, or the way they've run at the end of seasons the last couple of years, I think has got to leave them confident that they can they can do damage in the big meets. With how good their front three is, this freshman, come on, 17-20 first time out. That's a really interesting guy. And, I think he might wind up being their fourth guy, but if he's their fifth guy, I, 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 I do not count them out yet. So I, I think been- it's a, it's a very, inter- it's Burbuff has been maybe the most interesting team over the last three or four years. Right. So last year they won, but there, there were times last year where now it's because you know two of their stars weren't running at all, and we didn't really know, we didn't really know what the outlook was, and we shouldn't know what the outlook is, right? This isn't professional sports. Like, what, um, and sometimes it's hard to figure out like what what should we talk about? What should we say? When we're talking about the like the health of you know children basically, yeah. um, athletically, but suddenly they just it just it switched like that and they went from, are they going to make, are they going to make it out of the semi-state? Are they going to make it to the state meet to like, this is one of the best teams of all time. And it all yeah. happened in, in a span of, of 14 days. Now they're off to a good start. Those top three guys. I don't think that any of them have lit the world on fire with those first two races, but they've been solid. And we're talking about 412, 413 milers, guys that yeah. have run under 920, like, you don't want to be any more than solid right now. Yeah, that's a good, that's a really good way to put it. I'm, and, I wouldn't and, put it on the back of a t-shirt, but. Yeah. <laughs> and let's give Coach Kinnear so much credit. You said they're maybe the most interesting team over the last three years. I agree. And, and you know, I, all podcasts, I've been hailing the importance of depth, right? And that's something that they have not had. And yet every year they're right there. And I think they're going to be right there again this year. So. Uh, kudos to those kids for believing in, in coach Kinnear and, and kudos to him. I mean, that he, he's just been awesome. Let's face it. But like, like you said, I mean, just math wise, 
that it's a razor thin margin there because they've got, they may have a couple guys they could score. You know, there, there certainly appear that through the, through three runners, they're going to be leading the team score at, at a big meet, the semi-state of the state meet. But, you know, where that fourth or fifth runner finishes could be, could be anywhere. And the other question is, as good as those top three are, are they really going to gain a lot of points on Center Grove and Carmel, you know, overall? Like, you know, those three guys are really, really, really good from above. They, like you said, they might be leading the team score at the state meet through three, but if it's only by seven or 10 points, you know, that's not right, going to get right. you. Because yeah. So if, if let's say Burbuff goes three, four, and six, but what is, what does center Grove go? Does center Grove right. go two, seven, and eight? Then. Well, Colin, most- I'd argue, even if they went nine, 17, 21, there's still, that's not that far back when you take the individuals out. Right. Yeah. Well, although on the boys' side this year, I think we're going to end up with a kid that finishes 18th and he scores 16 points. Yeah, that's, look at the teams could... where the girl's side is actually the opposite. Yeah. On the girl's side, a girl could finish 10th and only score two points. Yeah. yeah. Nah, that's not true because of the, all the Columbus North girls up front. Liber Buff third. And then I have, I, I, right now, I just, it's so hard to, to differentiate between Carmel and Center Grove. Um, just we haven't, you we haven't, seen, haven't seen. And right. and, I, and I think that's so smart. Um, and I'm not like trying to butter you up in this is your podcast, but I think that's so smart from the two the coaches there. Um, if if they're purposefully kind of playing the slow game, because it is a long season, both teams potentially are nationally good. And uh, there's no reason, there's no reason to rush it right now. There's, there's just, you know, be smart, stay healthy, train your butts off and, uh, and improve. And there's no reason to, to try to light the world on fire right now. So I have, I have Carmel two center Grove one, just cause I think that's kind of what we've had in, in our Indiana runner rankings. And I did. You're a company man. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of, I, I, part of me, I think actually thinks that that should be reversed, but until we see otherwise, um, We'll, we'll leave it with what we've got. So upcoming, we're going to have a, the Hamilton County meets coming up. Um, that's big. I mean, that's big. I know sometimes we get criticized that it's mainly central Indiana. That's where a lot of the big teams are. I don't know how much of my own personal excitement for the meet has led me to believe that we should do a preview podcast. Um, I am, you know, professionally excited about that meet as well for my other job, my other, other job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two weeks from that at Brown County. So if we consider the top five teams that you just said, Center Grove, Carmel, Burbuff, Zionsville, and Columbus North, right? Yep. Those teams will all be at Brown County at the Eagle Classic. So that'll be three weeks from yesterday. So two weeks from next Saturday. So that'll be another another big one on the on the boys' side. And I think on the girls' side, it will be – I think Noblesville's going. I'm not positive. Certainly Carmel and Columbus North are going to go. I don't think Homestead's going to go. The Homestead boys have gone in some years. So that'll be a that'll be the next the next big one. And then it's Flash Rock. HCC meet is in there. Um, the Laverne meet, and then and then the tournament starts. <laughs> it goes fast, doesn't it? That's yeah, yeah. I really 
really sped all that up. Well, we got a few minutes. Any any overarching thoughts? It's good to have cross country back. It's good to have the regularity of this schedule. It's good to have, I just all day today, I just kept thinking about how excited I am for practice this week. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's been cool that it's just been an ongoing theme of the, the, this awesome podcast that you've been doing over the last year is how lucky we are, right? In Indiana, we're, we just have so many good teams and so many good runners that, and, it's, and so many good coaches. And that's legit. It's not us, you know, trying to create interest where there isn't. I mean, it's just, it's amazing how much the state has improved in the last 10 or 12, whatever years. I mean, our team's won and at Westfield and in 2005, six and seven, we are really good. I think we, we, you know, potentially win meets today, but there's just so many more good teams these days that it's, it's really cool to see. Miscellaneous minute. Uh, how excited are you for Giannis on the bulls? <laughs> that ain't going to happen. Colin. <laughs> that would be great. But, uh, and unfortunately, I think I'm going to have to be more excited about Andre Drummond instead. Is he on the Bulls? Yeah. They sign him? Vet, yep. vet minimum? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was not a big big salary for I mean, the NBA. Yeah, I was going to I'd do it for half that, though. Oh. The best job in the world would be the 12th guy in an NBA team. That'd be the best job in the world. So at our, um, at our practices, now when school starts, it's like, hey, come in. This is what we're doing. You get warmed up. We're going for the run. And then when you're done, go home. Because we don't get out of school until 405. So yeah. we're not meeting until 425. And then, you know, they got stuff to do. They need to go home. And so do our coaches. One of our coaches has two kids. Um, but one time they went around and they were saying uh, that at the end of these practices in the summer, the team camp where there's more time. Okay, everybody go around the big circle. Name, say your name, say your grade, and then whatever the topic is. And one time it was dream job. Yeah. So, and they all had something. It devolved into they're all like, I'm going to be Cole Matisse's like, like shoe purchaser. I'm going to, it's like, all right, well, the guys, these aren't real jobs. Yeah. Um, someone did say, I want to be a, a high school Spanish teacher and the cross country coach. Ooh. So they were trying to grab it before I did. Um, someone said backup quarterback in the NFL. Nah, that's too too much risk there. I mean, you know, it's the quarterback can go down on any, on any play. Uh, yeah. Then you're stuck. Then you're out there. I mean, 12th guy in the NBA, the guy never plays. He makes 2 million bucks a year. Gets yeah. a front row seat to every game. Yeah. Travel around, private yeah. planes. Yeah. Bring totally. your family when you want. Don't bring your yep. family when you don't want. Yeah. That or Cubs uh, brought a uh, play by play, man. That would be a good one. That would be a good one. Or high school Spanish teacher, cross country coach for that. All right, man. Well, it's going to be a good, it's going to be a good season and I can't, I'm excited for practice tomorrow. I'm excited for this week. Yeah. It's going to be a good one. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks for coming on.